0: Enrique Chagoya is rewriting history, one drawing at a time. And today, he's taking aim at one of his favorite targets. So this uh,
1: series, I, I told you in the beginning to call it Poor George. Um, but I think now, since there's all these religious overtones in the, in the war, I'm going to call it uh, St. George and the Dragon. And I'm going to be drawing maybe dragons, but in the shape of... Um, dinosaurs which is perfect for me because dinosaurs are so associated with
2: oil one of the things about having have, having somebody have very strong political feelings and have a kind of a fervent sense of right or wrong is sometimes those people although they can be absolutely right can be so ponderous and so boring and so so heavy and one of the things about enrique he gets across his message with a light a lighter touch he he has a marvelous sense of humor and so he has this very a very subtle and very sophisticated ability to make people laugh and think at the same time.
0: Over the past 30 years, Enrique has created hundreds of original works on paper, drawings, prints, and art books. He's deliberately chosen a medium that is cheap and readily available. Drawing
1: is very, very liberating for me, and it's uh, perhaps uh, my, my favorite media, together with printmaking. Um, because they are very humble kind of medium. It's, uh, it's something that makes me feel very free. The in mid, is there any message in here?
2: Life, the midlife crisis. crisis, crisis
0: the Enrique is prolific, and his works demonstrate both humor and biting satire. He borrows shamelessly from the work of other artists, from Marvel Comics to prints by European masters like Francisco Goya. It's a technique Enrique calls reverse anthropology, in which he lifts images of Western culture out of their original context, then juxtaposes them in ways that are pointed and absurd. In Enrique's mind, it's a kind of artistic payback for the hundreds of years that European colonizers appropriated indigenous American art forms, misrepresenting and misinterpreting them.
1: Um, here I have... Um all my research books, I, I browse around here whenever I need something.
0: Enrique freely cannibalizes materials from a wide variety of art historical sources, including traditional and religious images from his native Mexico.
1: Catholic imagery, this is uh, a good source of my, my work. Um, and very often I change the face of a virgin for that of a contemporary character. Uh, I like to change gender sometimes, so whoever has the body of a guy, I might put it into a woman or vice versa, some Christ pictures, I end up making them with a female face. He's a man who
2: uh, has one foot in the culture he came from and one foot in our culture. He feels uh, not uncomfortable in either, and he's able to go back and forth in terms of that sense of the commentary and that sense of the irony in his works of art. Oh, I have another one, that's my favorite ones too, of, uh, full
1: of stereotypes from different cultures around the world. This was also published in Cuba. And he has all these stereotypical characters from many places. And when I find books like this, that are full of stereotypes, it's just perfect raw material for my work. Like in this case, it's it's called, um, Um, a Mexican of today, (laughs) for instance. I just love it.
0: Art historian Robert Johnson was among the first to recognize Enrique's talent as both an artist and a satirist. As curator of the Aachenbach Foundation at the Palace of the Legion of Honor in San Francisco, he's acquired 33 of Enrique's works, including one of his first attempts at printmaking. His inspiration
2: was this print by Francisco Goya which is a print from around 1815 and it's a print from uh, his series The Disasters of War this great indictment of man's inhumanity to man he made an exact replica of the Goya print but he made one significant change he put in the head of Ronald Reagan and this caused me all sorts of (laughs) problems later but at the time I just thought it was a brilliant uh, act of appropriation, skill as a printmaker, and also his political consciousness.
0: Enrique developed his keen eye for political satire as a young man living in Mexico City, where he studied political economics and participated in the political unrest of the 1960s. A decade later, he moved to San Francisco and began his first serious training in art at the San Francisco Art Institute.
1: Looks like it needs a little more pressure, so I'm gonna put it on five, put it on five towards the left.
0: Since then, he's become an important figure in the Bay Area arts community, running Galleria de la Raza in San Francisco's Mission District, curating exhibits here and around the country, and teaching art as a tenured professor at Stanford University.
1: Try to cover all the areas where you you draw.
0: With a deadline looming for an upcoming gallery show, Enrique is rushing to finish his latest series of prints, which includes St. George and the Dragon.
1: So, hey, David. Hey, David. <laughs> How are you? Hi.
0: He's working with master printmaker David oh. Salgado, who is showing him a new printing so, method.
2: what's happening here is, um, so, this is regular arch, and it's sprayed mm-hmm. with workable fixative. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. It's sort of sealed, and because it's yeah. sealed, um, anything you paint on there won't sink into the paper.
1: Oh. And that's so, why we just, you would with Right. Transfer. So, this is
2: essentially the plate, the plate. now. plate. Great. That's the idea.
0: Printmaking has long been the choice of political artists and propagandists, allowing them to duplicate their work at a fraction of the cost of the original. While many artists treat printmaking as a second cousin to the fine arts, for Enrique, the opposite is true.
2: Enrique has never thought that printmaking is some sort of a minor art. He's always thought of it as a way of of making art that uh, would allow him, because it's a multiple original, to spread the word, so to speak.
0: Today, they will attempt to make five prints. The process is labor-intensive. A variety of inks must be mixed to achieve the exact shade Enrique is going for. Then applied to the paper with an even stroke. And then transferred to the press's blue rolling blanket which retains the ink from Enrique's original. Next, David carefully lines up the first print to receive the color transfer.
2: One of these prints may go through the press 50 times. There's no preconceived idea of what it's supposed to look like, so we can just keep working until, keep painting and printing until until it looks right.
1: What I'm thinking of doing is just splashing solvent on the whole background. One, of the greatest things of this technique is is that it's very forgiven. And it's not that you make a mistake. It's a process where you go back and forth. You change things that you don't want and add things that you hope to get. And you never know what you're gonna get. So it's still an adventure. Alright.
0: Mouth to mouth resuscitation. <laughs>
1: I think in terms of opposites that might balance each other. Philosophers might call it like a dialectical interaction that creates a third element in people's minds. And that might create a short circuit in the minds of the spectators. And that hopefully could trigger some laughter. And when that happens, I feel totally accomplished. I
2: really like it.